I haven't used three quarters of the stuff that I spent 16 years in school learning. Amen. I haven't gone back to any of the history lessons. I haven't like how like three quarters of the math I don't use anymore. I use algebra on a regular basis or like advanced geometry or any of the stuff I learned. But man, if someone would have taught me that you have to pay quarterly taxes when you own a business, mm. that would have saved me some pain. Dads, where all things are for dads, through dads, and two dads, as well as the aspiring husband and father. I'm your man, Dusty Marshall. I'm a Christian husband, father, hip-hop artist, and co-founder of Irregular for Christ Ministries. To my right, as always, is my man, Andrew High School T. Songkran. <laughs> and to my left is Alexander the Roaster Larson. Yeah. Welcome, man. Glad Thanks, to have you man. on. How's your guys' week been? What's been going on with you? Oh, wait. Before that, before that, I just want to say thank you to our current Patreon supporters. Mm. Uh, thank you. We're able to do what we're able to do because of you. So thank you that we get to do this show. Uh, if you want to become a part of our Patreon community, go to patreon.com slash reformdads. Please also like, comment, and share this episode. As I was saying, Whew. tell us about you guys' week. It's good, man. It's just a, a busy week, still working from home because the COVID-19... <laughs> <laughs> but not to be the, not to be the, confused with COVID, which is the co-ed version. Of yeah, COVID. yeah, That's yeah. Right. No, this this is the one that that only discriminates against the old. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been good, dude. Just a nice uh, God glorifying week so far. So yeah, yeah. We're uh, we've been feeling a little pent up actually. So mm. we're gonna go on a little road trip on Thursday. So nice. Where the kids have been super patient through all of this and. Uh, Probably more patient than I have, so wow. <laughs> I'm like, we just need to go somewhere, somewhere, somewhere out else of the, house. the living room, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're gonna head north, probably to Salt Lake City. Oh, cool. awesome! Yeah. See some family and stuff. Yeah, we have family up there and stuff. Salt Lake City, a little cooler. Yeah. Nice time of the year up there. Right so. Praise right. God, dude. That's cool. Yep. So we're in a section of our show that we call "Who Is Your Daddy and What Does He Do?" And we want to get to know you. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you do for work. Tell us about your family. Who are you? Okay. Well, currently, and hopefully for the foreseeable future, um, I'm a coffee roaster. I own my own coffee roasting business. Um, done about 20 years altogether in coffee. Uh, previous to that, I've had so many jobs, I couldn't even get into it. But we'll probably talk about some of those. The most interesting man in the world. Yes. Just going to say it real quick. <laughs> Maybe we could have like some side footage or something of... Alexander's uh, experiences. He's an awesome guy. Recite all of the yeah. He is the, the most man in the world. So um, that's what I do for work. Just run an online business right now. Uh, wasn't really planning on that. It all kind of came from coronavirus. So um, I've been married for six years. We have four children so far. Probably we'll have more if God blesses us with those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah that's, that's awesome, it. man. And how long have you been a Christian? Uh, about the same amount of time. Okay. About six years. About six yep. years. Okay. Mm. Yep. I was prior to that. I was uh, a little period of you know a lot of us have the atheist period when we get embittered by a religion and go make stupid choices. So <laughs> I had that wonderful period that we all have to go through uh, and get disciplined from. And then prior to that, I was actually part of the Hare Krishnas. So okay. God saved me out of that. Praise yeah, God. Graciously. 
So. And you've talked about that on Cultish. Yep, yes. If you guys don't know about Cultish, it's an awesome show, and it's on the Apologia Studios. Go to apologiastudios.com to check that out. Yeah. With this man, Andrew mm-hmm. High School T. Songkrant. Yeah, do a thing. Do a and thing. you can check out your story on there as well, so yeah. which is cool. Yep. Go way back on the podcast feed, you'll find the Hari Krishna episode, and you'll actually see a, a image, if you're looking at the thumbnails, of Alexander when he was in the Hari Krishna's yeah. with like a shaved Sitting head on the floor, chanting. Just, a, we gotta get that photo up on here. Okay, yeah. sweet. Yeah, we'll get yeah. that photo. <laughs> so cool, man. So going to a section now that we like to call best and worst. So tell us about your best moment as a dad. Okay. I would say probably my best. Man. I've only been a dad for six years, so and they're still little. Um, but my wife and I, we do uh, we do natural births, we do home births, mm-hmm. and uh, my daughter born. She's almost three now. When she was born, um, I was kind of like still adjusting to the idea of doing a natural birth and at home and all of that with a midwife and everything. And then once I started to learn more about it, I've been an EMT previous. Okay. So I've been a part of deliveries in the back of ambulances and wow. seen that it can be done outside of the hospital setting. But it was kind of a new concept to me to like, I was going to be the coach and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, with my daughter, she, I feel like one of the best moments for me as a father and really a husband at the same time was I went through all of the training to learn to coach my wife while she's in birth and support her and broke through all those uncomfortabilities I had with that and kind of break down my traditions Mm. to go to a birth class and all of those things and just be open to it and listen. And I ended up delivering our daughter in about 40 minutes. She was like 40 minutes of labor. Okay. So that was a pretty awesome moment. Uh, The midwife actually didn't even make it to us because it was so fast. Wow. My wife was just like, that's probably your wife's best moment. Yeah, she loved it. Too. And then our, our tide for that is also birth. Our son was born a year ago, and he was born in a birth center. And um, he actually came out stillborn. This is oh, it right wow. here. Tell him. And tell him. Having been an EMT and worked in ambulances for like 10 years, between the midwife and I, we resuscitated him. Wow. He was gone for almost a full, like it was like one minute and 10 seconds. He was okay. just gone. No breathing, totally purple. And like maintain my composure, all the training kicked back in from yeah. years past, you know. Got and, there. and wow. oh man, seeing him Such that way breathe. and just limp and just nothing. And then the second he opened his eyes, I mean, we were doing rescue breaths and all that stuff, and he okay. came back to life and started screaming. It was like, yeah, fatherhood. Yes. <laughs> like that. Nice. So I, was, I would say those are. They both have to do with birth, but Very because cool. my children are so young and. You know, okay. So those are pretty pretty high moments. So yeah, we talk about them often. Yeah. I'm so glad you you told that story. I was thinking you would. I was <laughs> yeah. like, that's that's awesome. Dude. Yeah, awesome. What about your worst moment as a dad? Um, man, pinpointing one is hard because I am a broken human too. <laughs> sure, <laughs> uh, but um, it's been a really good fathering experience. The last six years have just been awesome. I have a really graceful, patient wife that always directs me back to the Bible when I'm trying to do things in my own uh-huh. strength. So when I look at the whole picture, it's hard to pinpoint a moment that I really felt that way. But um, there have been a couple times I was working for a certain company that 
Um, it was super stressful. It was a very corporate structure, lots of pressure, deadlines and stuff. And I was actually starting to lean into kind of unconsciously leaning into drinking more mm. and more and more and more. Mm. Okay. And not really recognizing it. And my disposition and my irritations with the children starting to kind of show because mm-hmm. of that, you know, right, and right. you're not really associating the two because you've never had an issue with drinking maybe, you know, I didn't. So, mm-hmm. um, there was a, there was a time period in there where I was so committed to work mm. and coping with it with alcohol mm. that I started during that time period punishing my children with my poor attitude and my irritation for things that they were just doing because they're children. Hmm. And I feel like as a dad, when you start punishing your children for things that they're not, they're not misbehaving, they just haven't learned something yet. Sure. You're being short with them. You're being irritated. And, um, there was just a moment there where I was like, what am I doing right now? Yeah. And I had to cut the alcohol. I had to, I actually left that job. Okay. Because the stress was so much that it was affecting my family. And I told them I would never do that, that I would never put work mm-hmm. above our relationship. And if it was doing that, there's lots of ways to make money. But yeah. you can't get yours back with your kids. Right. So if you're just punishing them for being children because you're irritated with your job situation, yeah. you need to check your heart on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And either repair the situation at work or a substance you're using as a crutch or whatever that sure. is. And not continue. They only get one childhood, man. They only yeah. get those moments. It's like you're at work for... 10 hours a day plus travel on either end. I might see you for an hour on weekdays if you have a normal 9 to 5. Yeah. And if I'm spending that punishing them for for just being children, wow. yeah. I would say that's probably a low moment as a dad for me that I, that stuck out and I really thought about that. So. Yeah, it's interesting you're bringing that up too because in our book study, Why Children Matter, that's exactly what we're talking about is are you disciplining your children because they're irritating you or is it because there's a behavior that needs Mm -hmm. to be corrected and fellowship has been broken. Yes. And the difference between the two, right? So, yeah. That's been tested again with this going on. In home so much. Sure. Revisiting it. And it's interesting to see now that I have the substances out of my life, how different I'm handling it. Consulting with the wife, removing my situation, if I feel my irritation welling come back to it when I'm calm, Pretty really, yeah. really see if that's what's going on. So, yeah. Uh, God's hand awesome, of, man. God's hand of like restraint in his grace and just helping you get through this while grow, growing closer to him is something that people, that, that unbelievers don't have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it happens to where they just keep going further and further down the hole, but God in his mercy just grabs you and says, you're going to learn from it. Your family's going to be stronger for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he brings you out through. You Cause it's so like, easy to turn it into a habit. Yeah, but that's sure. just how you respond to your children. Is, yeah. Your kids sometimes it's like your kids are coming to ask you to spend time with you. <laughs> Dad, can we just can we play video games with you? Will you just build Legos with us? And you're like, No, I have work. And it's yeah. like, hey, you gotta what's your first ministry? Yeah. You know, is it making money or is it your children? Yeah. You only get one shot with, right? That yeah. God entrusted you with. So mm. it's gone a lot better this time around. It's gonna be very grateful to God for that. He's, Sweet, man. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. I think that's going to be encouraging to people um, mm-hmm. to, to take a look at that in their own lives, especially, like you said, with all that's going on right now, where we're yeah. trapped together constantly. But I want to move into a section now that we call the Rapid Five, where we're going to have a little bit of fun. <laughs> Segway there. <laughs> um, so the first question, and let's just make these quick off the cusp. You tell me okay. what comes to your head. All right. 
The zombie apocalypse is coming. Who are the three people you would want on your team? Okay. Well, I'm bringing the wife because we're going to have to make more babies because <laughs> it's it. the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Also, she was a gymnast, oh. so she's super tough. And she was hit by a car, survived. And in the ambulance, the EMT was freaking out so much that she offered him her oxygen. <laughs> so she'd be good. She'd be good. Okay. And then... That's one. Got the wife. Jackie Chan. Okay. Because I feel like he'd bring some humor to the situation, but have the martial skills to, like, you know... Yeah. He never runs out of, like, devices to no. hurt people with Right. Either. So right. you have limited... You don't have ammunition. He never uses yeah. guns or anything. Yeah. So he could make it through the zombie apocalypse with a stick, with a shirt, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and then he'd have hilarious things to say to you. Yeah. Mm. And then mm-hmm. I... For number three, I'd probably go Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. Dang. Okay. Unexpected. Because he's... I mean, he's been in every freaking gunk pile you can imagine... So if you've got to wade through zombies or like look for some equipment or something, there's a bunch of he's know, got experience. Yeah, he's used to being in that, and I just feel like he's the kind of guy like no matter what you had to do, he'd be down for it. He's and in- he has a lot of experience like being in weird situations. Yeah, he's like so this. I, this ain't bad. That's my team. I think he's a Christian too, <laughs> if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Plus, he's it's very outspoken right now. Yeah. It's. It's been nice to read Mike Rowe's stuff on coronavirus. <laughs> so if you need some entertainment. Go check out Mike Rowe, yeah. coronavirus. Yeah. Hashtag coronavirus. <laughs> All right, cool. So qu- second question. What's the worst job you've ever had? <laughs> I've had so many jobs. <laughs> um, man. Probably, honestly, working in a movie theater. Hmm. I've had very yeah. uncomfortable jobs. Uh-huh. So I've loaded roofs with shingles. In the Phoenix Sun, I've been a wildland firefighter. I've been some of the most uncomfortable jobs you can have. But man, working in a movie theater, like stuck inside for hours and hours with people that are much younger than you. Okay. (laughs) Right? And the stuff you have to do, you don't realize, like, you got to clean out a popcorn machine. And that thing is oily and nasty. You go home smelling, Mm. like, that, that special butter they use at the... Just like soap, dude. You have to like pretty much crawl in it and clean it out. People okay. are spilling everything, so you're just covered in soda and popcorn. And you usually have someone that's younger than you in charge of you that's maybe not as experienced at managing people. Uh-huh. And so you have ideas and you can't get them across, and, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I, I mean, I was pretty young myself, but it was a struggle. Yeah, you know, I did not last long there. And people treat you. You need to treat your concession people kindly. Hmm. That is such a boring job. When you're at popcorn, sometimes you're at popcorn. For like two weeks. You know how boring it is to just... And people come up. Dads are all mad because they're going to pay like $65 for things that cost like four right. at home. Right. So they're already irritated and they're like asking you about all this stuff and they just treat you like garbage. And you're making like $9 an hour. So... Okay. <laughs> Probably movie theater. Movie theater. Okay. It's pretty terrible. Good answer, dude. <laughs> if a movie was made of your life, what would it be called and who would play you? Let's see. I would call it... If it's a romantic comedy, Dad on Arrival. Oh, <laughs> Dad dude. on Arrival. Paul Rudd would play me. Phenomenal. Paul Rudd. <laughs> if, it's a, if it's a romantic comedy. Now, if it's an action film, I'd probably call it, like, indecisive intent. <laughs> because <laughs> I've changed course so many times in my life. You know, something super serious. And Still then it, Paul Rudd, though? No, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake oh, Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Okay. If you go watch... Look at my Hare Krishna pictures and then go watch End of Watch with yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal in it. It's kind of an early movie. Maybe you don't want to watch it with the yeah. kids. But 
you know. Yeah. My mom saw that movie and she had, she had to call me. She's like, I'm having like panic attacks because he looks so much like you in that movie when you were a firefighter and he's going into all these gnarly scenes. <laughs> wow. She's like, I can't finish it. I'm like, it's not me, mom. It's not really me, mom. It's okay. All right. So, Jake right. Gyllenhaal. Jake nice. Gyllenhaal, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. I can see the Paul Rudd for yeah. sure. Romantic comedy. Those yeah. are gold, bro. Like, yeah. Those are the best answers. <laughs> Be like a Hallmark the romantic comedy. You know? Yeah. Dad on arrival. <laughs> I could already see Paul Rudd. Yeah. Cue Paul Rudd picture. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Firefighter. Okay. And I was. And you were. Did it. And did you enjoy it? Yes. Well, I enjoyed Wildland. So I was on like yeah. a hotshot crew. Yeah. In Utah. But we operated nationally. So I got to travel all over the country with 22 other guys. And I have been to some like really remote locations. We fought a fire up on a mesa in Moab that like people hadn't been to. We had to go up in helicopter just wow. to get there. There's a fire on top of it. I mean, just totally remote places that people don't normally go. And made awesome friendships, had a lot of adventure, almost died twice. <laughs> wow. You know, learned how to like be a man. Yeah. <laughs> out there, they all manned me up. Big time. Uh, so I love the wildland stuff. Um, I met my wife right at the tail end of that. And okay. we started having children and everything. And I just couldn't be away from them that long. Okay. We would go out for five to six months at a yeah. time. Wow. come back, dude. My kids were talking, walking yeah. around. They're like totally different people. They kind of don't recognize me. They're all weird with me. Like, I, hey, dad. Yeah, I just couldn't handle it. Like, Oh, yeah. Because I just gnarly. can't do that for a job. Yeah. You know? But I got to do it for 10 years. Okay. So I, I got, got the fill. experience. I tried to go into the city stuff, and I just couldn't do it, man. Okay. There, there's a big problem with wildland guys trying to convert to city. Okay. Because you just spend a lot more time indoors. You're going on medical calls. I never had to go on medical calls. I just okay. went. I was just out in the forest. Just wow. Chainsawing down trees. And, All right. So. Epic. But wildland, firefighting, I recommend any young man go out and do that. You will learn things about yourself that. Okay. That you Toughen never you up. Toughen <laughs> you up. Yep. Final question is, if you had to remake Mount Rushmore, who would be the four faces? Hmm. Awesome. Um, I would probably, being a somewhat cynical person, because the first four... You, you, and you. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, the first four are like founding fathers and people who helped the country. So I would probably just add a new one that was like the death throes of the country. <laughs> like George Soros, Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> Bill Gates, and Steve Jobs. Like Oof. all their technology just like unraveled society. And then, I mean, Nancy Pelosi's been in power longer than all of those presidents were put together, right? Wow. I mean, she's been Most in. Likely. She, I don't know the exact, it's like my life and life again almost. She's wow. been in no joke. Is she wow. even real? Like Nancy Pelosi's right? not So real. then, when robot. some futuristic yeah. race comes by and they're like, what ended the United States? There will be like yeah, a, that a monument of like the founding fathers and like, oh, they had this country of freedom. And then these four people ruined it. Wow. <laughs> and they're going to be all ruined. And, you know, yeah. history you can see like the Planet of the Apes scene where they They've come up and they're like, painted oh. on. Yeah. Yeah, and there's yeah, brilliant dude. There's slogans about what happened. It's like I love it. flatten the curve was down below. <laughs> Bill Gates, we need to get rid of three fourths of the world's population. Crazy. Let's save the whole planet with a vaccine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> scary. So that'd be mine. Okay. All right. I love those answers. And switch out the Statue of Liberty with AOC. 
<laughs> the statue of just give for it. an extra slap in the it's face. The, it's the statue of give it to me. Yes. Of liberty. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Well done. That's well good. done. All right. So we're going to come into the discussion segment of our show, and uh, you being a coffee roaster, uh, we wanted to discuss uh, running a family business because this is actually a business that you run out of the house with your family, mm-hmm. and uh, man, in a time like right now, talk about something important to talk about running a family business mm-hmm. right out of your home yeah even it some people you know do it for total income you know like you and i we run a home business um but also others for side income even mm-hmm. you know such a great thing to get into especially with your family yeah you know yeah. to be able to have something to do with your family so uh tell us how did you get started in the coffee roasting business so when I was 15, I got my first job at a Barnes & Noble cafe, um, and I was started as barista, which most roasters start back there. Okay. Uh, worked there for about six years, came out of that. All alongside this, I'd been firefighter and all these different jobs that I did seasonally. So okay. fire, fire was in the summer, so in the winters, I'd figure out ways to manage coffee shops or whatever. So I went from barista to a coffee shop owner in Salt Lake City. I was part owner in three in a chain of three coffee shops in Salt Lake. Okay. Um, one of them is actually still there. We just sold it. Okay. So we didn't sell it recently, but we sold it to yeah. someone else. I've been to that one, I believe, when yes. we were there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I went from coffee shop owner. There I kind of started to understand the roasting process because the person who supplied me with the beans was very near to where my shop was and I'd go okay. hang out with him and kinda of observe him and I was like, Oh man, I don't want to get into that. Yeah. I can supply myself. Yeah. You know? Um, cut out the middlemen. Yes, always. Always looking to cut out. There's so many middlemen now. Uh, Everywhere you go. Um, we came down to Arizona, and we had a coffee truck for a while. Yeah. And I started roasting at home just on small machines. Actually, my first roasts I did, I did on a Whirly Pop. Believe, like the pop, the popcorn little oh, kettle. yeah. What? Like the no little giant. Yeah. You can do it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it smokes up your house like nothing else, and you can't wow. get smell out for like... It's like a rental house. I was like, I do what you got to do. So I started learning there. Yes. And then uh, I moved up to a little, what's called a Beamer. It's like a sample roaster. And then I got hired uh, at a very large coffee company as their head roaster. And went to school for it through them. They sent me to training. Um, Just started learning the ropes because I had enough coffee experience. They didn't have a coffee person in the building. Okay. They were. A, they are a very large. This company still exists, and they're a very large marketing company with a coffee problem. I'll okay. put it that way. Okay. <laughs> so when I came, out, I was like, oh, I've owned shops, I manage people, I understand the process of roasting. They're like, well, we'll send you to school, so you are good on it. Wow. Which they did, which was awesome. Wow. Very grateful to them for that. So I got certified as a level two professional roaster, wow. and then for about a year and a half for them, just roasted huge batches of coffee over and over and over really quick so, just yeah. tell us and uh, as what is roasting coffee basically you're just taking the green coffee from the plant which is uh actually a seed not a bean hmm. uh, but the seeds from the coffee berries when they're uh ready to be harvested they ship them to companies that distribute them to the world right import the green beans uh-huh you apply heat to them in a skillful fashion. There's a series of processes that happen. Okay. Where it takes it, the simple way to put it is 
caramelization. You could think of it as just cooking a steak. Okay. But it's, you know, the fruit seed. Hmm. And taking it to a certain level of roast based on what possible flavors could be in that bean. Okay. And those possible flavors come from the soil, the region it was grown in, what crops are grown around it to provide shade. Wow. How it's processed, if it's fermented. You know, there's okay. a variety of things that play into why coffee from different regions tastes the way it it does okay. and why it's different but basically the the short version of it is you figure out what those flavors are based on what the importer tells you and you the skill of roasting is capturing those flavors okay because if you do it the wrong way you go too far you go not far enough the coffee will come out flat and you won't capture those flavors and they sent you wow. to school for this yes to do this awesome and yes. is it like a your university? Um, no, I did a very condensed, it was uh, two classes of two weeks. Okay. So it's just certification, it's like getting an EMT certification okay. or something where you don't get like, they do have one college in California that is now doing specialty coffee degrees, hmm, like an okay. actual... A degree in uh, An coffee. actual college degree California. in coffee. California. So it's chemistry almost. It right? is very much chemistry, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's art and science oh, equally. So there's an art to it and kind of a feel you have for it, but there's a lot of chemistry and science and breaking down amino acids and changing chains and all of those things that happen mm. through the, the coffee roasting process that you can get trained on. Okay. And, um, so, 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 you, so you got you got paid to go to school. They paid for yep. you to go to school. You worked for them. And yep. then... Uh, stopped working for them. And um, I actually got hired as a... Uh, as an elevator technician, an elevator mechanic apprentice. Okay. That's what I was doing up until just recently. Yeah. Okay. And they laid off a whole score of mechanics and it's a, it's kind of a union job and apprenticeship. So the first people to go are all the apprentices and they basically told me pretty flatly, you need to just go find another job because by the time all of this gets back, I mean, you've got to go provide for your family and we got to hire all these mechanics back before we hire back the apprentices and right. Right. So, Corona happened, got laid off. Um, we don't own the coffee truck anymore. It was uh-huh. a little too logistically intense, running okay. around all over the place, trying to fight the food truck mafias. <laughs> Gets a little gnarly out there in the food truck world. So, mm-hmm. um, just with all the kids and everything, it was a little too heavy duty on our life with how young our children are. Right, so we okay. like to include our family in the businesses we do. Love yeah. It. And um, so, when Corona happened and I got laid off, and it was like we had moved down to Arizona again. To take that job with the elevator unions, it was it was like, what do we do? Well, let's make coffee. Well, no one knew that they were going to cancel all the events. So we started making coffee for events. Like we were going to go sell them at farmer's markets yes. and at festivals and things like that. Okay. And uh, we pre-produced probably 500 units to go take out and sell. Yeah. 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 And uh, they canceled all the events we had signed up for. So your The plans. week we finished. Yeah, and I'm sitting here staring. The at week that you finished, finished prepping all of our product because wow. of COVID, and they COVID. canceled it. We got one event in. Yep, we didn't sell nearly what we were planning on based on prior prior year's numbers. Sure, and I was just sitting there staring at all of our coffee that we had made. Like, okay, well, yeah, what are we I've already made coffee? it. I can't just sit here and let it go. Yeah, to waste. But you can't go anywhere. But I can't go anywhere, and I can't interact with people. People won't answer door. I can't yeah. sell it door to door. And so I was like, well, I have always steered away from online, just e-commerce, just because I don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. 
Some and I just have skills that I've been able to go make money with. And so I was like, well, I guess I get to learn a new skill during during La Rona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I just threw a Shopify together and started selling coffee online. Okay. And now I love it. it worked out. Now I'm like, wow, I can include my family so much more yes. now that I'm doing online business. It's that's yeah. great. So tell us, how is your family involved? What is how how are they involved in your business? Yeah. Um. So my seven year old, he actually is extremely good at. Uh, fulfilling the orders on the computer. Boom. Because he loves computers. But we don't let him have a lot of computer time because I just I don't want him to become too attached to it at a sure. young age. It's so easy they start getting Yeah. It. Yeah. It's like once he asks for a World of Warcraft subscription, you know you Yeah, yeah right. And, and internet. Having been one of those guys when I was younger, I just I know the dangers. I wasted sure. a lot of my my youth on a computer because I just there was no restraint on yeah. how much I was able to use it. I just don't want my kids to suffer that too. Mm. But if I can let them have some time on him that's productive and he's learning a skill, let's do it, dude. And he gets on there, and it's so funny. Like, we homeschool our children. So, you know, we, we have the readers for him. Mm-hmm. Kind of old school readers tell, like, a classical tale, and they got to, like, put the ideas together. Yeah. And he just, he hates it, right? <laughs> he just struggles through it. And he's just, like, distracted, right? we got to come back to it. We have discussions about reading. To, yeah. Well, he sits down to fulfill orders. Boom. Dude can read on like an eighth grade level. He's like, uh, <laughs> Give looks like, uh, Dad, you need an eleven by five uh, <laughs> padded mailer for this order. I'm like, what? Where are you reading that? I didn't even know you could read that. Oh yeah, it does say that on there. You know, like all of a sudden he's so involved. Yeah. So it's like I want to give him that chance to be involved. So he helps with that. Um, they there's all kinds of stuff they can do. He's, he's, Seal bags. They watch me roast. I don't let them roast, obviously, because there's okay. high heat and stuff. They stay away from where our roasting yeah. area is. But um, things where they they aren't directly interacting with like the consumable product. Sure. I'll let them do any of that stuff. Stamp bags. They love to stamp the bags. Okay. Right. So we all sit around the table and everyone gets stamped and can okay. stamp the bags and stuff. So when you get your kahi coffee in the mail, little hands have stamped that bag. You know, oh, it's yeah. awesome, man. Love yeah. it. And Story they love behind it. It's the coolest thing. Like if they can help dad do work. Oh yeah, man! They love it, and they don't even care what the task is. You could you could have them. Like, I'm helping dad work. You could help. You could have them like randomly sort envelopes into piles that you weren't even going to use, and they it, <laughs> it means so much to them. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can find something meaningful for them to do, yeah, they're motivated, man. And you're teaching them real life stuff, dude. That's, I love taking the opportunity because yeah. it's like I haven't used three quarters of the stuff that I spent sixteen years in school learning. Amen. I haven't gone back to any of the history lessons. I haven't like half, like three quarters of the math I don't use anymore. I use algebra on a regular basis or like advanced geometry or any of this stuff I learned. But man, if someone would have taught me that you have to pay quarterly taxes when you own a business, mm. that would have saved me some pain, yes. right? Yeah. If someone would have told me like how to pay your regular taxes, no one showed me how to do that. Sure. How to save receipts. Like these are real things that like when they get older. They're going to go like, oh, yeah, I know how to run a small business already. I watched my dad do it for 10 yeah. years, and he let me organize the receipts. Yes. That's applicable education that, frankly, there's a huge section of that missing yeah. in the public education system right. of real life. This is what you're going to do when you get out. And I, a lot of that's why people struggle yeah. when they get out. They get out, and they're like, all right, I learned all this stuff. And then they get their first job, their real-life job, and it's like, oh, I'm not going to do any of the things I yeah. thought I was going to do. And you're teaching them work ethic, right? Mm-hmm. There's you work and you get paid mm-hmm. for your work. Money doesn't just 
come in for no work. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That that's for the things that I learned from my parents. Work ethic is definitely one of them, and they're involved in your business at a young age. They're gonna see that. If I do these things, mm-hmm. this equals providing for myself. Mm-hmm. And I let them earn things. Yeah. I'll either give them, you know, tell them, hey, if you do this, I'll give you three bucks, four bucks, whatever. Because it's small tasks. Yeah. Know, it's short. It's it's just Huge. 20 minutes at a time or something. But what that means to them, that like they earn that money or they earn that, you know, prize or something we go get. Yeah. That's very different than just buying them the thing. Yeah. They, get, they connect all these ideas about it. It's... It's priceless, man. I try to include them in any, anything I can. Or if they can't do it, I at least explain to them what I am doing. Right. They're very interested. They're interested in the roasting process. They give me ideas about, they're little marketers, dude. They yeah. don't care. Yeah. They're they smart. Oh, yeah. They're they like, care. what if we just take a wagon down the street with coffee and we just yell at people's houses during coronavirus? We got a coffee for sale. And I'm like, do you want to do that? Like, Let's do it. Let's like, do it. No fear, no yeah. shame. Yeah. You know, and you kind of look at them. Sometimes they teach you stuff. Yeah. Sure. You're like, dang, you guys aren't, you guys have like no self-consciousness or doubt. I think it aligns a disconnect too, right? Because in our culture, we don't, we're not like farmers, right? We don't right. see where our food comes from. We don't see like where thir- certain things come from. But doing a home business and being involved in coffee, they're seeing like the creation process. Mm-hmm. You're putting this stuff together and it's kind of connecting the dots, right? This is where this comes from. And then the consumer buys this and they have it, they trade money for it. But I think it, I think a, a big issue in our society is that we think that everything just like should come to us so yeah. easily, right? Like my, I, this is silly, but my children have this book called Pancake Pancake. The whole story is about how somebody makes a pancake from beginning to end from all the, from like being a farmer, going and getting, milking the cow, the wheat, going and doing the wheat. And in the story, it's just showing you that like, look at all of this hard work that went into creating Mm -hmm. this thing that you love and enjoy. And like, we totally disconnect those things Mm -hmm. these days. We're like, I, I deserve things and I don't think ever about the hard work that comes from producing it's huge like apprenticeship in regards to education is something that is lacking extremely in our society nowadays like the the, in the correct sphere of sovereignty with the family being in control of the education apprenticeship becomes a priority if we look at the past uh, even a lot of our last names are derived from what our fathers did what their jobs were Mm -hmm. right so Nowadays, at least when the government gets in control of education, they're, they're not dumb. They're creating a type of person that they want for the society that they want. It's indoctrination, yeah, right? Sure. So when, they pop, when you pop out of a government school, you're missing these essential skills and even knowledge about where everything comes from because that's, that's essentially what they want to do. You see it playing out right now. Yeah. People don't want to go back to work. They're like, yeah, I'm why? unemployment, dude. I'm making all kinds of money hanging out. Yeah. Sure. There's no pride about the work they're doing or the product they're making or understanding that if everyone does that, you're not going to have cereal at the store soon, dude. You yeah. said there won't be any. You'll have. Where's it going to go? You'll have your $800 a week from the government and you won't have anything to spend it on because no one's making anything. Exactly. And that disconnect exactly. that mm-hmm. he's talking yeah. about, the source, the beginning, all the way to the like, finished product. Like when you are having an apprenticeship and you're doing something to the glory of God as a Christian, raising your family in this yeah. household, mm-hmm. you're taking dominion over what you are doing and you're proud of it. You're showing them that, look, this is what we're doing. 
dad loves doing this. I'm doing it for the glory of God. And they take pride in that, right? Yes. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, but we can't have that in a society that, that denounces God on a regular basis. And you just said it. It's bringing glory to God. And, and the scripture says, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of mm. God. So mm. let's think about that. Mm. Think about what we do and how we do it and thinking as we're working that this should bring glory to God. Yes. Whether I enjoy it or not, God essentially is the one who I'm working for. I'm, I'm working to glorify. And if I have no pride in my work, if I don't think, well, I'm just going to have the government give me money. Why should I work? Well, it's, it's slothfulness. It's laziness. And it doesn't bring glory to right. God to just sit around because God has created us to work, right? Mm -hmm. He gave us dominion to tend things, to provide for our families. He didn't say that that was the government's job. He said that that was our job. And we're image bearers of him. Yeah. And what's the first thing we learn about him? He started working. That's right. It's the first thing right. in the Bible is talking about his work mm. and how it was good for him to work and make, you know, obviously it was different work. Yeah. But we, we have those reflections of his traits. Yeah. Well, even us, if you don't work yeah. and you're not exercising that reflection that he's put in us as image bearers, there's part of you that's going to be void. Mm. Yeah. And seeing a lot of people get super depressed right now. They have all the time in the world. They can do whatever they want. They have free money coming in. And look at the depression just skyrocketing. And yep. You yeah. talk to people and they're somber. And it's like, well, you got free money and all the time you could ever want. But you're missing something. Right, and I I totally agree with you that that the opportunity to take I'm actually very passionate about the aspect of glorifying God with it, and I've lost a lot of business partners over the years, and a lot of opportunities that would have made me money or put me in a better position because I refused to compromise on that. Sure, and this is just my personal conviction that there's a very strong need for Christians right now. Right now is the perfect opportunity. The critical strike is open right now. Mm. There's such a good opportunity with this corona stuff going on and people yes. falling by the wayside. Their business is just crumbling. Neiman's, Neiman Marcus, I think, just filed bankruptcy. Dang. Huge chains, right? What is that saying about the way they structured their business, right? Wow. I'm huge on the Dave Ramsey thing. Yeah. And running a business on cash, even if it's small, because then you really own it. And if you sure. have to time out because everything changes... You don't have this huge lease, this equipment lease over your sure. head, right? That can just take you down in an instant sure. because you can't, there's no more food truck rallies. Mm, now sure. you're down, right? But that aside, just glorifying God with your business. And I do it super directly. We're very openly Christian in what we do. I'm not necessarily saying you have to go out there and just be like, by the way, we're a, yeah. you know, and just. Buy Jesus coffee. Yeah, Jesus juke every single day with your business. <laughs> right, you know, right. yeah, we happen to build a model that we want to actively sure. say that we are supporting ministries, that we're we're a Christian coffee company. Yes. There is a huge hole in that market. Mm. The the coffee industry at large is very liberal. It's much like the tech industry. You get into it and it's very, very liberal minded, very kind of of that whatever that is going on in sure. tech right now. Same ideas, right? And, man, you just got to, this is such a good chance for Christians yeah. to go, okay, well, I thought I was going to be a blank, blank, blank the rest of my life. Yeah. That's not on the table anymore. Hmm. I could try to go back to that. Sure. 
but I've always had this burning desire to have this business that glorifies God in X way. Yeah. And to have the courage to step forth and just pray God, pray to God to guide you in that process to build something that glorifies Him. I can tell you, man, it's it's worth yeah. making less money. It is. It really it is. It is. is worth, and He always takes care of you. We know this already. Sure. The Bible tells us over and over, right? The ravens and the lilies and, yeah, you know. Yes. He's always taking care of us. He's going to clothe us. We're so much more valuable than the sparrows or, you know, over and over and over. Yeah. But what happens in your life when you wake up, for me, it's like a dream. I wake up, I'm with my family all day. Yeah. If I need to time out and go help my wife, I can. I have that flexibility. If I need to rearrange a day... I can go help my family. They're my first ministry. Sure. I have the ability to minister to them all the time now. I can do the business stuff, you know. But glorifying God every day, yeah, it's a little more risky. Sure. But everything you do as a Christian is a little more risky. That's true. In the secular sense, yeah, and completely secure in yep in the yes. true sense. Wow. And think about this. You know, you touched on family business. You touched on doing it debt free. And I, I've shared this with Andrew. It's like when you've had everything taken away from you or your job is all of a sudden gone, mm-hmm. wiped out, and you have a passion and a business, but that's the way that you're providing for your family, well, it gives you quite a new work ethic, right? Mm-hmm. It gives you a new, like, I'm going to figure this out, and it really shows you what you're capable of mm-hmm. in doing if, if you, you know, are, like we said, glorifying God with it. But two, it's like... You know, if you're dependent on that thing to provide for your family, well, then you have a new attitude yep. about it because you don't have this loan buffer over kinda here. Kind of gives you a charge. It yeah. does. Yeah, gives you a charge. You feel alive again. Because wow. there's how many people are working in a job and they're just like dead on the inside. They hate the job. They just can't leave it because it's secure. You know, and it's it's obviously not a good idea and not good stewardship to just bail out of something. Sure. Right. That's why I like the Dave Ramsey approach. You start as a side hustle. Yes. Something that you love and glorifies God and is honest and you do with cash. You never borrow a single dollar and let it grow. I listen to a show almost every day. Yeah. yeah. And I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs call up his show and are like, I started making, you know, wallets out of duct tape. Yeah. Yeah. And I own a $250,000 in sales a year Shopify now on right. duct tape wallets. Right. And they're totally free from this thing they hated and they're calling him to ask like which mutual funds they should invest <laughs> sure. in because they started making duct tape yeah. wallets on the side one day for 10 bucks each yes. you know? wow. and that's huge the, the charge that comes from that is awesome then you start using it to glorify God and you have control you don't have to you don't have to censor yourself you don't have to be under someone else's control right now all the censorship going on and you gotta say this and you gotta be this way at work sure. and and I can really cut into your, mm-hmm. your Christian. Oh yeah, I'm in corporate walk. America. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. for sure. I think so. it's beautiful. I think it shows that God takes pleasure when we are creating things to the glory of God. Like you said, He created yeah. us to take dominion and to make things. He Himself shows us by creating the whole world in six days, and He said it was good. Working yep. was a good thing. Like when uh, was it the two Marys come and they see they go to the tomb. And they don't see Jesus, but they see someone, and they mistake him as a gardener. But that was Jesus. He was gardening yeah. Yeah. right after he was resurrected, right? Like, he was working. He's always working. He's still working Which, How right cool now. is God that he was like, I'm going to be a gardener. Yeah. Get yeah. it? 
Yeah. Get it? Like, yeah, back to the beginning? Yeah. No, see, Adam, yeah. the second ad, like, it's, yeah. that's the thing, like, God blesses things when we're acting according to our nature, according yeah. to the way we're supposed to act, but it, a lot of the times, or I'd say most of the times, I'm not saying there's not, that there's secular people who aren't successful, that's not what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is sure. that when you are, when, you've, when you're saved, when God takes your, new, your heart of stone and replaces it with a heart of flesh, and you start working to the glory of God, like, I think God smiles at that. Sure. Yeah, well, I think that's a great thing. A trait I notice right now, even outside of business, but we'll keep it in the business conversation, is that as a Christian, there's a desire to shy away or mute some of those things, I feel like. Just just like it's hard to go preach out on the street. You feel your sin nature take over. It's scary. You're gonna, people are going to come up against you, right? Mm. But if you really set your own pride aside, your own fears, and think from the standpoint of I have God's word on my side as a businessman. Sure. I have good stewardship. I have everything I need to know about handling money in this amazing gift he's given me. I have everything I need to know about doing business honestly. I have kings after kings after kings who have done it every which way (laughs) and I can see all their folly and all their mistakes and all their successes. Yes. Right? I can read Ecclesiastes Mm. and go, hey, this guy had everything Everything, gardens, virgins singing to him, golden pottery. He's got all this amazing stuff. And he realizes that if you're not using it to the glory of God, mm. it's worthless. Right. It's meaningless. Yeah. And you're just going to do the same thing. You have that guidance to go, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to get too wrapped up in the dollar amount we make. God's going to provide for us through this. I know how to be an honest businessman. I know how to be a good steward. I can make a product that's God-honoring, Right. I can, I get to do I it can with engage my the culture. Yeah, yeah, I can do it with my family. I can minister to my family. I can time out my business if I need to to take care of things in my life. No one's telling me how to act. This book tells me how to do all of these things. God's word right here. I have the ultimate entrepreneur's guide, the oh, Bible. Sure. You should have more courage and business zeal than any secular person. Sure. And that applies to anything in life. Yeah. Sure. You have the truth. You have yeah. it. Man, can you imagine navigating all this corona stuff? I've said that so many times to my wife, watching the news stories come up and like how people are handling things and just the madness and the confusion. You go, how, if you're a secular business owner that doesn't know God and you, and you wake up one morning and they just tell you you're not your allowed to have a business, business anymore. Done. Yeah. Yeah. And you dumped all of your second mortgage into it and now you're going to lose one of your houses and you're going to, and you just thought you were good and the next day you weren't and you wow. have no hope or any idea how to lean on something to get you out. Hmm. Man. Yeah. That's been in our prayers every night for people that it yeah. would, that this would turn people's hearts to God. It's this should. whole event, so that when we get on the other side of this, it's like, okay, well, we're not doing it that way anymore. We're not just doing it in our own power. Sure. One of my favorite. You guys know Andrew Womack is. Yeah. When I, I was watching a show once from his little ranch in Colorado, and he was like, "And I'm just so glad I'm not a smart person because I'm I'm blessed to be dumb." He goes, I see smart people running around, figuring everything out themselves. I'm too dumb for all that. I just turn to God's word because I know I can't figure it out. And I'm like, wow, how true is that? How many times do you just try to lean on your own understanding? When you have the answer book right here. Sure. It's like, no, I'm just going to struggle through it. You good. You know? Preach, dude. And business yeah. is the same. Dude, you're it applies to business, family business. You're just mowing it down right now, dude. I Not a plug it. for Andrew Womack, though, because some of the <laughs> no. things he talks about. No. Don't go there, but 
That's, that's a good yeah. principle. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, dude. I love that, man. It shows what people build their, what their foundation is on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Jesus says, if your foundation, if your business is built on sand, yeah. when the trouble comes, it's going to crumble. Yeah. If your business is built on the foundation, which is the word of God, yep. on Jesus Christ, the rock yeah. of our faith, they're going to be in a much better position to not only thrive through chaos, but to also be able to bless others, which is something Kahi is doing. You guys are blessing others through your ministry. I want, I want people to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of just evolved. Um, we, from the beginning, we wanted to, our original idea was to give like a 10% donation to a family that needed help. Um, we came up really quickly against the wall of people not wanting the spotlight shown on them. Um, and we started to understand that, you know, they kind of didn't want their problems highlighted and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, oh, yeah, I can understand that. So Coltish actually was part of our bailout. You were our, our government bailout. Like that. <laughs> yeah, <it's> so <laughs> They blasted us out when God we were struggling. His, God has his reasons. Yeah, yeah that's great. And so, uh, you know, we, we started by just saying, well, we should get back to Coltish because they took their platform that they've been working their tails off for two years, three years to build up this audience. And they use that to serve us. So now we're rolling. We should use it to serve them back. And then we realized, why don't we just start supporting all kinds of ministries with this? If every Christian business gave their first fruits to another ministry or another business, we we would be unstoppable. It'd be like a Spartan phalanx. Like everywhere (laughs) you went, everyone was funded. Every Christian, you're like, we're going to sue you because... You don't make, you know, these curtains for this certain group of people. And then be like, okay, well, I have this Christian lawyer that says he'll defend me no matter what. And he only gets paid if we win. Yeah. And it's like, oh, maybe we won't <laughs> sue you for your, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're going to bind together. Yeah. And um, such a good chance right now. So yeah. on our site, the way it works is uh, you can just buy coffee up at the top. But if you want to support a specific ministry that we've partnered with, you can just go down to the lower part of the homepage and select one and then 10% of whatever you buy goes to that ministry it's beautiful so and we're just we're just going to build up the network I want to make like a coffee affiliate network we're just like you can come to our page you're going to buy coffee anyway and you know you love reformed dads yeah. support reformed dads you yeah. get 10% to them the coffee mafia so and, and the name of of the company is Kahi Roasting Company yes K-A-H-I Kahi is short for my wife's Hawaiian name she's Hawaiian okay um, which is Kahikina. So Kahi short, because Kahikina is kind of a mouthful. People struggle with Kahi already, so. Yeah. Kahi? <laughs> 18 syllables, you know. Uh, we're going to uh, cut it down to two. Yeah. So, uh, but that is the, sh- the nickname for that name, Kahi. Um, it's also my daughter's given middle name. Oh, okay. And um, it, Kahikina means uh, from the east, and they are a royalty line. So in Hawaiian, it loosely translates to royalty in the east okay just kind of our homage to jesus okay in the east right star in the east so, love it um yeah kahi roasting co.com is our website okay we just ship all over the united states and we that, just got a bunch of new origins we just got decaf oh, people are uh, loving the decaf man okay Best. yeah what do you guys sell what do you get what kind of coffee right now we have uh, our decaf is honduran we have mm. you can select we have everything from light roasts Nordic roasts that are like pulled right after first crack all the way down to like almost on fire. You know, some people like it that way, man. Okay. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Like kind of okay. the Charbucks model, you know? Okay. So we have all the way down to there. We have Ethiopian, Kenyan, uh, Brazilian right now, Honduras. Okay. Um, we're looking at some Indonesian coffees right now. And 
We're going to pull coffees from everywhere. There's uh-huh. so much good coffee. Wow. Sh- shameless plug. Shameless plug. Yeah. Not only is it the best coffee you'll ever have, but it's the best coffee I've ever smelled in my He's life. He's all about uh, the smell, dude. I'm all about the smell, bro. Like, okay. He's trying to come up with, like, how we can encapsulate the, the smell. Scent and make and you send, like, a tester smell to people. Yes, and you'll buy it. Yeah, right when away. we were at festivals, like, he was trying to, like, come up with designs for, like, a, a smell a, room. A smell so room, So you walk dude. through before you even get to the booth, and yes. you're like, oh, yeah, I'm sold. In and out. In and out. People smelled it, though, and they bought it. He was, like, like, he was, like, borderline harassing people into yeah. <laughs> the festival. I don't come here, doubt come it. smell this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dusty's witnessed that stuff. I have seen yeah. it. I have yes. seen it happen. So. He did that with fudge. We might sell him fudge yeah. one year. <laughs> Got fudge. Come taste it. It's delicious. <laughs> I mean, he sold me some bags of coffee. It worked. Yeah, one of those people turned into a subscriber. Oh, nice. wow. You can subscribe to coffee, too. That's there the best. Go. Because if you subscribe to coffee on our site, you save 10%. And then 10, 10% goes to a ministry still. Constant, yeah. So you can sign up and you're giving 10% to whatever ministry you choose. You're getting cheaper coffee. It just shows up at your house at whatever intervals you want. So then you don't forget. You yep. Know, like, oh, I don't just got coffee, coffee coming. Yep. They'll go into the store just like we yep. need right now. Yep. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. No, just order it online. Plus half the stores you go to now, there's no specialty coffee because they're not delivering or yeah. producing. And oh, so, wow. I didn't yeah. think about that. Yep. So. So we wanted to, you know, ask you, we, we kind of talked about it, but what are some tips that you have for someone who wants to start their own family home business? What would you say to someone right now? Like, you know, you obviously mentioned, like, don't go into a bunch of debt to start it. Yes, absolutely on that one. Yeah. I, w- I love the recommendation to start as a side hustle. Yes. See how it works. There's no risk. Do it with cash. So we kind of already covered that. That's a that's pretty high on the list. Second is include your wife. Man, I the first couple times I did business, I did not include my wife in any decisions. I just started doing the dude mm-hmm. thing and charging around and making decisions. And yeah. I, you know, one of them I screwed up. We actually filed bankruptcy one time because mm-hmm. I got into too much equipment debt. I took all the yeah. wrong advice. I wasn't doing Dave Ramsey. So when I give the advice of really don't go into debts because I've suffered it personally, right? Mm. Came out on the other side of that, like yeah. lost my truck, all that stuff. Because people are like, all right, you just do it with debt and you roll the dice and if you don't make it, it's terrible advice. Yeah. But I didn't go to her and, and say, hey, what do you think of this plan? I just started doing stuff. And even when you start the business, like you're actually doing it, continually interacting with your spouse sure. and saying, like, for me... I hate social media, the doing part. I hate making it. I'm terrible at it. I hate being in front of a camera in that way, like trying to make, like, yeah. I feel weird, like trying to make cool <laughs> pictures of coffee, right? Yeah. My wife's gorgeous and she's well spoken. She does well in front of the camera. And I was like, will you do the social media? But like old controlling me would be like, no, I have to, I do, have to do everything. I have to do everything and stretch yeah. myself way too thin, yeah. right? Mm. So I would say include your spouse. Let them, if they excel at something, let them excel at that. Um, I would also say just start with a small, a small something. Something you love, something you know is already good. Yeah. And let it grow organically. You're not, you're just not going to be, you know, this giant company overnight. Sure. You've got to have patience. Um, it takes a lot of patience to grow something. And... Like, I've got 20 years of coffee experience, but I have zero years of marketing experience. Sure. So I can make all the coffee I want, but if I don't know how to sell it, then what's the point? Sure. 
but I'm not going to become Gary V tomorrow. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to jump to that level. And I think a lot of people like think they're just going to start All a hundred million dollar company yeah. tomorrow. And I wouldn't even start with a desire that for that. I would just start with a desire to start small, make every single transaction the best for people. Mm. Just make it the best. Just the like. There's so much lack, even more now with all the corona stuff, but like there's so much impersonalism going on. Sure. Yeah. If you can make it personal and make something handmade, people get it. Like, I can't afford. Don't be afraid to make something personal. Yeah. I make it a story. Tell, us, yeah. tell your story yes. about it. And make it homey. People have, are up to here, dude, with perfectly made products. Go to the store, everything's got like perfectly made label. Da, da, da. I can't afford fancy bags, man. It's expensive to get a bunch of bags printed with minimum of 3,000 bags that I don't know sure. what you're going to sell. Yeah. Don't commit to things like that. Yeah. Where you go, well, I have to have a fancy bag. Oh, you'd be surprised, dude. Yeah. Don't think that, that's another thing. Don't think that you have to do everything, like you said, perfectly. Yes. Be able to just spitball some things together. Yep. Obviously, do the best that you can. Mm -hmm. But if it's not perfect, still do it yeah and that's a, something that i struggle with is like perfectionist like i gotta do this yes. it's gotta be this corporate beautiful bag and this is the size that it needs to be or yeah. whatever that that's looks like like team, yeah. this this for me in music it's like oh this snares off or like this i don't like the lettering of this and my wife's just like it's not gonna be perfect and yeah. people aren't gonna care you know, I have to if have people tell me that all the all the time. Yeah, like, the people aren't gonna good. care. Is yeah. it is it good? Yep. People aren't gonna care if this is off a yep. fraction of a smidge and you notice it. Mm. Get over the fact that you notice it and know you yeah. know what else will. For us, like we just stamp our bags with a a wooden stamp, like an old old timey rubber stamp. It looks legit. Yeah. I have told myself, like, because I'm the same way. I want, per I want perfect bags. I want to just, and first of all, check what that is. Yeah. Right. Sure. Comparison. Do comparison so bad right now. Yeah. Will, don't compare yourself. You with the legs yeah. if you compare to other people. Wow. Because people aren't buying my coffee because it's Verve, which is a giant, really, they're an excellent roasting company. What I was but they're thinking. not buying it because of Verve. They're buying it because they want to support Cultish. Yeah. And they see this little family doing the old school American dream. Yeah. And the coffee's really good. So I don't care that's not in a perfect fan. I kind of like that your handwriting is on yeah, it. Like yeah. People actually appreciate things that you're going to talk yourself yes. out of. So don't jump yeah. to that. They're writing personal notes, too. Yeah. Sending people personal yeah. notes, handwriting thank yous. Yes. You know what I mean? Things like that yep. go a long way. I write all my emails. I don't have an autoresponder. I, you know, and you get to a certain scale, you got to have other people to help you. Yeah. But, like, at the, at the gates, since we're talking about tips to get started, right? make every single transaction love it dude i email every single person that buys coffee right now because i am so blown away that in a world of eight eighty five hundred roasters you could sure. choose from in the united yeah. states wow. you found my little site off in the corner of the internet mm. and you want to give me any money for my little product that sure. my family's making and working so hard it means so much to us i want to convey that to people you know yeah and when you do that people value that because that's that's rare. That's the that's a product in itself. Dude. And and don't think that you, you know, everybody's like I gotta have the perfect product too, right? And yes, you want to have a quality product, but 
people nowadays, you can find people interested in everything Absolutely. these days. Like everything. Like you can go on Facebook and find a group for the most ridiculous things <laughs> yes. that you might be passionate about. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can find f chat rooms for people who are passionate about whatever. So like just because you think like for instance we had Tim on and he was in a band called Oakley Doakley which was like mm -hmm. a Ned Flanders uh, cover heavy band metal. heavy metal <laughs> band and like they were killing it and like you think like that's the dumbest idea ever but like how many people <laughs> are into the Simpsons or how many people they made it onto you know the mean? Simpsons yeah they made it they, their, wow. their song played during the credits in the music video wow. it was like three weeks ago four weeks ago right it was a while it was probably yeah probably or longer like, than like a year ago maybe anyway yeah. so yeah that, the other day I'm cruising around and I see you saw it? check out this Nick Flanders heavy metal band I'm like I know that guy yeah. I know him yeah so that's the other thing is like something that Started you're passionate about do that yes. if, and see how it goes because I guarantee you'll find some people who are maybe interested in yeah. that weird little Don't thing. Don't quit your day job. Yeah. Keep your income. Be yeah. a good steward. You know? And then also starting out, I would say block your time out. Yeah. It is so easy to just let your business consume you and anyone who's owned any level of business scaled or brand new. Man, it is balance. so easy. Yeah. You gotta turn that phone off. If it's yeah. five o'clock, it's dinner time. You're going to the park with your kids. You gotta literally turn the phone off. If you get an email from someone the next day, yeah, put it in the email. Hey, sorry it took me a day to get back. Yeah, I was spending time with my kids, and they'll be like, "Awesome." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? schedule yeah. those times. But you have to make yourself yeah. a schedule on in both directions because yes. also. So this is one for me that I've had to like. Because I like to fix things, right? Kids, little kids, they get into squabbles in your house over, like, a chew toy. Or over a, you know, a block, a set of blocks. Just something kids fight about. Yeah. I had to tell myself, you don't have to go in there for every fight. You've got to send some emails. So while you got to block out time for your family and really, like, step away from the business, you also have to be committed to spending a certain amount of time on the business. Right. Because when you wake up and you're in your pajamas and you can write emails in your pajamas and stuff, it's easy to just wander into the other room and start, like, hanging out with your wife. And, sure. And, you know, your kids are doing something fun. It's like, oh, man, I want to go in there and watch them paint and be cute. Or they're fighting about this thing. I want to step in. Well, if you were working at a job, right, right and your wife was managing the house... You wouldn't be there to step in for all of those things. Sure. If it escalates to a point, it's nice to have the husband there, and he can help, but you can't go in there for everything. Right. Yeah. That one That yeah. one took some restraint on my part. Just, just really separating your time for both things. Yep. Yeah. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And then communicate. I tell my wife my schedule for the day. Don't stop talking to your wife. Because when, yeah. when we go to work, when we go somewhere to work, you just do all your stuff. It's the other dudes or whatever, you know. When I was an elevator apprentice, it's like we had our little life that we had where we went to a lunch thing. And yeah. If we had to run to the hardware store to get stuff, we just went. You're not. But it's like if I have all my coffee orders in the morning and I'm sitting there at 1030 and I just disappear out the door and don't tell my wife that I'm leaving. And right. she was actually just sure. coming to help get help that she needs real quick. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, i got to take the coffee deliveries, yeah. right? Sure. And you just start doing stuff. That can create tension there that yeah. builds over time it's sure. forgivable a few times but then sure how easy is it to just sit down with her at coffee in the morning and be like what does your day look like yeah you know and she's like oh i'm doing homeschool with the kids and then we're gonna go to the park and we're gonna do da. 
And then that actually helps you because then you go, oh, well, while you're at the park, that's when I I'm going to write this. the blog. Sure. It's quiet. Right? And then those other times, I'll take the kids and they can help fulfill orders at this part so you can get a break and go do this. The little baby, you you know, sure. make a day yeah. together. Nice. Don't, don't. Teamwork. It's not Teamwork. her day and your day. Yeah. You have a family business now. It's everyone's day. Ooh. Yeah. So. Right on, man. Well, I think those are some great tips. And um, say it one more time. It's Kahi, K-A-H-I, RoastingCo.com. Dot com. Where you can get your coffee and you can support Cultish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's discounts if you support a ministry mm-hmm. as well. And, uh, yeah, man. You can do Dad's 10 for you guys. Dad, yeah, you can get oh. a discount if you do yeah. Dad's 10. Uh, you'll get 10%, 10% off your off. coffee, and you'll support Reformed Dads. Yep. Wow, praise God. Yep. Yeah, Thanks, man. man. Yeah, you bet. So now we're going to have some fun. Not that we weren't before, but now we're going to have some silly fun. This is the fun. part where I get nervous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> so right now is a part of a show that we call The, the Wheel, Wheel of Groom. Groom. Let me get the wheel of groom out, and we're going to play some a game. I'm going to have you spin this wheel, and whatever you land on will be the game that you play against our season champion, Mr. Andrew High School T-Son Cram. What is the, before we go into this, what's the nickname? Andrew High School T-Son Cram. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk later. I don't yeah. know what that means. <laughs> go okay. ahead and give this a All spin. Right. Truth or and dare. We actually have the one I didn't want. <laughs> set for this. It's not what you think. Okay. So here's what's going to happen. So we're gonna, I'm going to give you three cards that are trivia cards, and then I'm going to give you three truth or dare cards, each of you. And then you're going to ask a trivia question to the other person. If he gets it wrong, you get to ask him a dare. If he gets it right, he gets to ask you a truth. Once you ask him that dare, you get to put your card down. And the key of the game is get rid of all of your cards first. I always forget the instructions. I don't even know what I'm going to learn to do. Well, it's on the card. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to learn to to think other than answering the trivia I feel like you'd be amazing at Jeopardy, so I think I'm going to get wrecked. Like, you're probably oddly great at Jeopardy. Am I wrong? I don't know. And just so you know, you can refuse to do the truth or dare, but if you do so, he gets to put down two cards instead of one. Oh, snap. Okay. All right, so who, whoever is oldest gets to go first. All right, that's me, right? <laughs> yeah. What am I, okay, so I'm, I'm drawing this. You're gonna, no, you're going to ask him a trip, any of your trivia cards. You pick whatever trivia one card. you want. Okay. All right. And you can look at your cards. Don't even worry about that. <sighs> Let's see. Oh. How many emails did Bill Clinton send during his entire presidency within 100? Within 100? Yeah, oh you can be goodness. within 100. How many emails? Oh, this is 1994 like, to like 98, right? Um, I think. Was it even earlier than that? Three, I'm two, a, a, two. One. It's correct. Two? Two. I was thinking it was probably the Monica Lewinsky thing. Like, he sent an email like, I did not do it. <laughs> he sent two something. emails? Two emails. Pre- this is okay. early 90s. That's early. That's yeah. like okay. dawn of the internet. Yeah. People only sent like one email a year, man. Truth question from your card. <laughs> All right. I'll and then you go ahead and put that trivia card down. <laughs> this is great. Okay. Have you ever peed in a swimming pool? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Of course. I would have answered it quick, too. Who, I'm so glad you Have you? Oh, dude, of course. Have you? I, who hasn't? Your turn, Andrew. Trivia card for do him. I, do I put, put that down? Yep. Okay. Trivia card. I just can't help it, man. All right, let's see. Here we go. What is the most populous city in the world? Most populous? Mm-hmm. Hong Kong. No, Tokyo. <sighs> so you get to ask him a dare. Okay. One of your dare cards. Tokyo? Go ahead and get Tokyo. rid of the trivia 13. card. 13.5 million. All right, this so I can ask him the Any of the dare. You can't, it can't be from the card you already set down. Oh, okay. Wear a paper bag over your head with a silly face drawn on it for two rounds. Try a different one because okay. we don't have a paper bag. <laughs> okay. I totally would have done that. Make up a nursery rhyme involving a pig, a cupcake, and the player to your right. <laughs> a nursery rhyme? Yeah. Uh, so a pig, a cupcake, and a player to your right. A nursery Wait. rhyme. Do, is it, do I have to sing it or just rhyme it? Just rhyme you got, it. You got just a nursery rhyme it. rhyme it. Nursery rhyme This it. is your department. Like you should be doing Like this. you're doing it to a kid. Because it's got to be a nursery rhyme. So a pig, a cupcake, and Dusty? Yeah. There once was a Dusty that was musty, and his cupcake cupboard was also Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> and a pig came in and rabbled around, and now all the cupcakes are gobbled down. All right, all right. <laughs> Got it down, so you get that put that truth duck card down. Now it's your turn oh, for the trivia. Trivia. Love okay. It. What city is Hello Kitty's official hometown? Oh my goodness. Hello Kitty? Yeah. It's totally Japanese. So easy. Is it um I'll say Tokyo. London. What? Duh. <laughs> Alright. Are you serious? It's London? Yeah. Any one of them you can pick. Okay. Oh, I can choose. Yes. Dare. Okay. London. I guess it is. Hello, Kitty. Okay. Give your Academy Award acceptance speech. Oh. I don't even know what an Academy Award is. Just All pretend right. you're talking to your wife every right. day. Okay. Well, first off, I would like to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for saving me from my sins. Because without him, <laughs> I would be headed straight to hell. Secondly... I would like to thank all of you for watching whatever it was that you watched that got me onto this stage today. Because you watched it and enjoyed it and liked whatever it was I was doing, I am now giving this speech and was able to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He's, all right. Jesus Duke, the whole yeah. academy. Yeah. They need to hear it, though. Yeah. <laughs> all right, dude, your, your turn, trivia question. And you can okay. put the de dare card down now. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. This is hilarious. What is the most shoplifted book of all time? The Bible. Yep. Okay. Isn't that funny? Ask him a truth question now. A truth? Yep. And then you get to put it down when you're done. Uh, did you have imaginary friends when you were little, and what were their names? Oh, yeah. I had one. So I would play, like, finger fighting. Yeah. And... It was me because I'm left-handed, and I called this guy Rokon for some weird reason. <laughs> Rokon? Rokon. With a K? Rokon? Yeah, I don't think I could really spell back then, cool. but I remember very specifically, I would sit down for like 15 minutes and be like, I'm like, slow-mo. You still talk to him once in a while? No. At dinner time, you're like, all right, Rokon. No, I don't. Time to use the four. But I remember. I definitely remember. Your turn. Next trivia card. All right. Let's put this one down. 
oh, bro, you got this. What country was used to film Middle Earth in the Lord of the Rings movies? New Zealand. Yep. All right. You ask him uh, a, a truth question. What's the worst storm you've ever been in? Worst storm? Wow. Uh, I, was at a, I was in a storm at Lake Bartlett in the middle of the night in a tent, and we were unknowingly camped in a wash right next Perfect. to the lake. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the water, I can feel it like hitting the tent super high, and we get out. We can't see anything because it's a lake, and we're in a wash like mm-hmm. right next to the lake, and it's pushing us into the lake, so it's pitch black. And all we could see was when the lightning was flashing, and we had to like pack up everything, get the boat to the whatever it's called, not... Where's Landing. Where you, yeah, where you have to drive down yeah. that hill, you know? We had to hitch it and get out of there. But it was by God's grace that we were able to escape that. But it was nuts. I remember that. So you didn't die? I didn't die. That's good. I'm alive. You are a winner, Alexander. Nice. You have defeated our champion. Good which job. Which means you get to take your reformed dad's mug yes. home with you. Oh, and Andrew, yeah. normally, normally <laughs> Andrew, you would have to... Uh, do the spinner, the whole thing. I think for time's sake, we're going to have you eat three at once. Oh. So just pick three. Okay. Going for three. Hold them up for the camera. Oh, my goodness. They're all gross looking. And these are, just so if you don't know, these are the Bean Boozled. He might get flavors like puke, stinky socks, old milk. (sighs) I'm so glad you have to do this, dude. Yeah. This is not All three at once. Might get some good ones there, too. Who knows? Ooh, that's I, a bad that's, base. I know, but if you get one good one and two bad ones, it's like putting Febreze over like yeah, freaking make fish milk. No, like two negatives make a positive. Yeah, then you just have flowery you, fish. Tell milk. us what's going on in your mouth right now. First was like like a weird Windexy flavor, <laughs> which might have been the di- dirty dishwater. Yeah, maybe. I don't even know, dude. Just like now, I'm tasting like all three of them just taste like a carrot. Okay, so it's not too bad now. All right. But at first, when they were... Windex carrot. Yeah, when they were all separated, it was like... It's going to be our next roast. <laughs> Windex flavor. <laughs> Windex carrot. Well, dude, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks, um, man. I had some fun. You had some fun. Excellent. Good, man. And as we always end our shows, comb out your beard in the way that it should grow, and when it is long, it shall not depart from it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. God bless. This edition versus submission. Sinners need forgiveness. Surrender to his lordship. Don't extort the grace he's given. See, I'm blessed by the one. Yahweh, all day. I'm a wretched sinner. Deserve hell for always.